I hope people's takeaway is like, what do I need to work on in order to move forward with this and not let aging and the changing of my body and my appearance stop me from Mm -hmm. being the most powerful woman I can be. (laughs) This is your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 272. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad you're here. Hey, listen, guess what? Today I have another conversation about shit that matters with unqualified people. My friend Ella has joined me on the podcast. She's actually been a guest over here a couple of times. She did the triathlon with me last year. We came on to talk about how triathlon is so much like life. Actually, I should say training for a triathlon is so much like life. And I've been on her show a couple of times and she is my real life friend who is local here. And she and I have had a few conversations about the aging process. She's just a couple of years older than me. And so we're both in this weird sort of uncomfortable midlife place. And I thought, well, this would be great to bring it on the podcast. <laughs> she was a little bit reluctant at first, <laughs> but she's always a great sport. And I didn't want this to be an episode where we spent 45 minutes just complaining <laughs> about how hard it is to age. We probably easily could have taken up 45 minutes talking about how hard it is to age, but there are also some really great things that come along with it, which we touch on. But also, I mean, that's what these podcast episodes are all about. You know, the real conversations that I have with the women in my life. And usually I bring you experts on how to live your best life, live your kick-ass life. And of course, I will keep bringing you those and keep bringing you solo episodes as well. And I've gotten some feedback that you love these episodes, so I will keep bringing them to you. I just I don't feel like there's any shortage of conversations that I have in my real life that are interesting and that can help you as well. And speaking of living your kick-ass life, I am doing something fun and exciting that costs zero dollars coming up. If you are already an email subscriber to me, then you already are ahead of the game. Then you don't need to do this thing. But I have coming up something I haven't done in a long time. So if you if you are a subscriber, you know that every week you get my podcast episodes. You get sent the show notes. And also anytime I am promoting something, whether it's a free workshop or one of my paid programs, you get emails about those too. But in a long time, I haven't sent you out anything that's just an email. Like, hey friend, here's what I've been thinking about. And I think this would help you. So that's what I'm going to start to do. These are going to be short emails, not even so much like a blog post. I don't know, maybe somewhere in the realm of 200 to 400 words. I'm a writer. So that's how we quantify (laughs) how long something is in words, but it's fairly short, just empowering emails, maybe once a week, maybe once every 10 days or so. I'm thinking my goal is three times a month for y'all. I don't have a set day. They're 
just going to go out when they go out, keep you on your toes a little bit. But I'm really pumped to do this for you and get some writing out to you, empower you, teach you some things, make you think, hopefully entertain you as well. And that's going to start very, very soon, probably at the end of March, at the latest early April. So all you have to do is, if you're not an email subscriber, super easy to do. Of course, you can always go to my website, yourkickasslife.com to do that. But even easier, since I know a lot of you are listening to this on your phone, you can text the word kickass to 444-999. That's all one word, kickass to 444-999. As a bonus, you'll get my ebook and audio sent to you about the inner critic. But more importantly, you will be subscribed to get those emails, which I cannot wait to bring to you. So because this is not a regular expert podcast interview. I'm going to forego the formal bio thing, but just to give you a quick introduction of Ella. She is a working mom, triathlete, podcast host, and all around funny lady. This is maybe why I get along with her so well. And And maybe you are brand new to listening to my podcast, or maybe you haven't heard one of these episodes before. So basically, and I know I said it really fast at the top, but it's conversations about shit that matters with unqualified people. Basically, I take people that are not experts in a topic, and me too, I'm not an expert on this particular topic, and we have a real conversation about it, what it looks like in our life, how we're feeling about it on the journey. And it's just real talk. I know that kind of like gets thrown around in personal development, like real talk, but that's, that's really what it is. I don't know what else to call it. And so again, we are not experts on this topic. This is not a a episode where we're going to give you a bunch of takeaways and tools and tips for aging gracefully or whatever that is. It's just a real conversation. So I think you get it. All right, everybody. So without further ado, here is the conversation between Ella and me. Ella, my friend, thank you for being here. Uh, I'm so glad we're actually talking about this. It's <laughs> it's it's a, it's robust. It's a rich topic. Is it sort of like, I'm so glad, but at the same time, I don't want to have this conversation? <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. Which pretty much describes like the entire theme here. It's like, this is, I need to talk about this. And also I hate that I'm at the point where I'm talking about this. And also I never want to talk about this. So yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I think from the very top and everyone knows at this point what this is in case somebody like skipped through the intro, as I know some people do, this is conversations about shit that matters with unqualified people, a series I do on my podcast where I take pertinent, important topics that are going on in my real life and bring on my real life friends to talk about it. And we're not experts. <laughs> and it, it feels so dangerous. I have to say, can I just, can I just get a couple things on Please the table? Like, I think, I think we're going to rub some people the wrong way. And you know what, what I love about what you do is this is real. This is reality. And this is our reality right now. That doesn't mean it's everybody else's reality. So I I know there's no way to talk about these important topics that you're brave enough to talk about <laughs> without it. Like we're definitely going to rub some people the wrong yeah. way. So I think, I think it's important to acknowledge that too. And I, I have with every single one of these. Well, that means you're doing something important yeah. in my opinion. 
And it's a couple of things, you know, I I love for people to think critically about their own lives. I love for people to disagree with me because that means that they are thinking critically about their life and choosing what works for them and leaving the rest. And I just, I think that it's important to have all of my people know that there are still things I'm working out. Like I don't have it all figured out. (laughs) I never will. Hashtag unqualified. Andrea, you know that like I go in this endless loop and I think you and I share some of these things in common, although I will not deign to speak for you. Like, please correct me. But I can tell you that for at least me, when I have these conversations with myself, I go in this insane loop where I'm like, how dare you be critical of the aging process? Like you're lucky to be alive, you know? And then I'm like, other people have real problems. And the fact that you can even afford to think about this as a problem just tells you how cushy your existence. Like I'm having that dialogue with myself. Mm -hmm. So I know, (laughs) I know that we will trigger that in some other people, because honestly, like having a conversation with yourself or with your besties about how your face is disintegrating (laughs) is a privilege. (laughs) Well, okay. So, and for the record, let's just name some like basic information. So I do know that I have a lot of listeners that are in their twenties. I have millennial listeners. And so I, as we're recording this, am 43, I'll be 44 in April and you are a hair older than you. Which is why I asked you to be on and not any younger than me. I'm just kidding. But just just a hair. And that hair is probably growing out of my chin. <laughs> I literally plucked a chin hair yesterday in my bathroom with my tweezers. Okay, carry on. Well, this is just like body image to me. And that's another conversation I'm really, really passionate about and totally unqualified to have and yet have a lived experience that's very rich. Um, and so all of those things can be true at the same time. I'm no expert here, but I have a very per- deep relationship with, you know, my work and body image and my own work now with the aging process. And and there's one thing I will say, I don't care where you are with, you know, with regard to chronology. And and by the way, your cultural background matters, your pigment matters, what color your skin is matters. Like we age so differently. Our cultures have different standards as to what is beautiful. Beauty could not be more subjective and relative. Like I can't think of expert mode. So I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay. But this, but this is what I think of. And I'll, I'll be dead straight with you. Like when, when somebody is listening at 20, I'm saying you, to me, it's like this whole conversation really at the end of the day is about acceptance and yeah. like acceptance doesn't and, have an age. And just for all women. A hundred percent, no matter where you are and what your experience is. So I actually really, I I mean, I really believe that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's, I think that that's honestly where I keep ending up whenever we have these conversations or I'm struggling with them myself. And I'm like, Oh, it's about acceptance again. Yay. More work to do. Yeah. All right. Well, and the reason I want to, I want to also say that the reason that I chose you to be my guest today, because I could have had this conversation with a couple different friends that I know who are in their 40s. And I just want to also mention, side note, I know that in the grand scheme of things, we are relatively young. Like, But I, the reason that this has come up for me recently is because I am just now starting to notice um, pr- decently significant changes in my body, in my face, in 
things are happening. <laughs> Strange things are happening. Gravity so, is gravity is happening. Universal law. It uh-huh. is I just started to notice it in the last couple of years, and you and I have had some hilarious conversations about this, where we've joked about it. But I I had a coaching session about it with my coach, and where. I was, you know, like, I I can't remember if I cried or not. I probably did where I just was like, I'm feeling older and it's affecting how I am showing up in, in my relationship with my husband, in my business and speaking out and things like that. So this is why I wanted to have this conversation. Well, you and I had one of these conversations on one of our walk and talks. And I remember we were walking like through the woods and I was saying to you, like, you know, I'm a feminist. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a really bad feminist. Like I'm a feminist, but I really care that my face is disintegrating. And I really <laughs> like, want to have Botox. Yeah. I'm a feminist and I understand that ageism comes from the patriarchy and I don't want to look like a hag. Right. <laughs> what it's do I both. do with this? <laughs> it's, it's both. And you know what I think was that I tripped up on when I first started to like turn the corner into my forties and notice things happening. And I was like, cause I kept hearing from, um, and and it was typically from women who were older and they were models. And it's from commercials, like, let's be honest, like about aging gracefully. And I was like, wait, wait, okay, A, what does that mean? And the messaging that I was getting is that aging gracefully means that you can be 50 and 60, but you still need to look like a model. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> what about the rest of us? <laughs> Age with plump and juicy skin, no wrinkles. <laughs> right? Like, what do you think of when you think of aging gracefully? What I really think of it is I think that it is a euphemism that comes from people who aren't honest about what they're doing to their face <laughs> to maintain the appearance of youth for as long as possible. And P.S. Give me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I sign up? (laughs) Like, I'll have what she's having. I mean, the whole, like the tension between all of the different contradictions in this subject to me are fascinating. So I'm a feminist and yet I want to look pretty. Um, I am, and and obviously I'm skipping across the surface. This stuff goes way deep, but it's still real. And like, contradictory things can exist in the same space. So another thing is like, I feel judgmental when I see someone who looks like, you know, they spend a significant amount of their resources, time or money on maintaining as youthful an appearance as possible. And then I can also look at them and be like, yeah, could I just have the name of your doctor? Kris Jenner. Yeah. I think of that when I look at her and I'm like, how much money has gone into that face and that body? Cause she's like 60 something. She's like in the mid sixties, I think. Anyway, I just, it it is, it feels like this trap, right? Like, okay. Like I'm supposed to, and I want to say on the other side of that same coin is that I do love the wisdom that has come with being this age. Don't you? Oh God. Yes. And I mean, in so many ways. So I'm, it, I am a walking contradiction. If we haven't established that by now, (laughs) I'm just going to say that this episode is like with guest, the walking contradiction. Let's put a pin in that one. Mm -hmm. Um, because I have never felt more confident in my own skin, even as my skin is losing some elasticity. elasticity. (laughs) And I've never been more sensitive. Like I still have, like I, I said to you, I made a joke. I was like, I used to have bad hair days and now like, it's freaking me out that I can have a bad face day. <laughs> like, oh, that's, God. like that's yeah, a thing. Depending on how much water you drank and sleep you got. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, but, but the confidence that comes with, I mean, 
not caring what I'm not looking for validation from other people so that I can feel sexy, but damn it. I want to look at myself and be happy with what I see. And I say that unapologetically, like I'll feel that way until I die. So for me, the reality of it looks like this. So I have, I would say most days I look in the mirror and don't really even think about it all that often. Like it doesn't, it doesn't take over my thoughts and feelings like it used to in my twenties. And that feels good just to not have it take up that much real estate. Exactly. But I'm with you. Like there are some days here's, here's where I find it. it's tough. So on days where I have to go somewhere, like I'm going to an event or something like that. And I do my hair and I put my makeup on and I get dressed and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I just spent like 45 minutes getting ready. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And my neck and pictures. And I'm like, no, no. And so it just, it's frustrating, I think a little bit. And what I have noticed is that it's become transactional. It's like, okay, well, if I'm exercising this much and feeding my body good food and drinking all this water, why isn't it, (laughs) why isn't what I see in the mirror as much energy back at me than I put into it? And that, these are just things I'm noticing that I'm thinking, they're just shitty that I'm, that I'm trying to overcome that I'm working on. All right. I need your help with this. And and you have so many brilliant women listening. Like someone's going to come up with this. I need a name. Okay. For the phenomenon of when you open your phone's camera what and, the it, fuck is and it's on your face <laughs> and, it in your lap. and without any foreknowledge. And it is terrifying. <laughs> what? Is the name of that phenomenon? Somebody get us one stat because that be like urban dictionary. Like name. I can think that I am rocking it out, and then you know I whip out the camera and I take a picture, whatevs, and there's my face. Yeah. <laughs> in bad in bad lighting, let's presume. Like I need a name for that. Okay. A B. The thing that really gets me, because again, I don't spend a lot of time, as you said, I don't spend a lot of time fixated on this issue. Whereas in my twenties, I probably didn't go five minutes without like some sort of insecurity cropping up in that realm. But when I'm around people in their twenties, I want to be that freak. That's like, you don't know what you have. Youth is so beautiful. Youth. And this is where I'll piss somebody off, but youth is so beautiful and that's the way nature designed it. And it doesn't even matter what you look like. Youth is beautiful, shiny and juicy and plump all on its own. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, I wish I had known that. Yeah, I don't know if that would have changed my life all that much. <laughs> but but true. I mean, I, well, I, I know that I'm going to be listening to this episode when I'm 63 and going like, what well, the fuck are we complaining exactly. about? That's and, exactly right. That's how we know that lesson wouldn't have worked because do you know how many people would shake us by the shoulders and say that to us right now? Right. Yes. And I, you made a really great point before we had this conversation just about ageism in general and that like you were just talking about that youth trumps all. <laughs> and I feel like truly where I'm at is this sort of weird in-between phase where I'm I'm sort of like in the weeds of this journey where I do know and I'm very confident I'm going to get to a place, or I, at least I fucking hope so, where I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm really good. It's fine. It's great the way it is. And I have gotten to this point 
like when I think about my past and the place that I was in just emotionally and mentally and spiritually, just a shit show. And I did the work and I got to a place where that is not my reality anymore. I am confident that I am going to get to the other side of where I am creating my own definition of aging gracefully, and I'm not going to look like an Estee Lauder model, and it's going to be just fine. But right now, I'm like, like I said, I'm like in the weeds of it. That's that's how I'm feeling right now today. Yeah, I mean, I would love, I would honestly, I would love to get in a room with women and have this conversation and be like, how do we need to approach this? Like, help me think through this help because I am not at all buying the marketing that I'm going to get to a place where I'm like, that line represents happy memories as a mommy. Like Mm -hmm. I, it's just not, that's not who I am. It's not going to happen. Um, and at the same time, I know that in this conversation and even us just starting this conversation today, let's see what it leads to. But like, for me, I know that if I were in the room with one of my friends who were, had recently beaten cancer, she'd be like, okay, Ella, so let's do this. Like, let's look at this topic relative to some of the alternatives, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going to get a real healthy dose of perspective in, in being able to have this kind of dialogue because to someone who just beat cancer, like a couple of wrinkles are looking real damn good right yeah. now. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think with everything, when you drag it into the light, it gives it so much more life and makes it less something, you know, less a stick that I just sort of beat myself with on occasion. Yeah. And don't you feel at the same time, because I, I always tell people comparative storytelling is not going to lessen your pain and it's not going to get you to the other side any faster. So it's sort of like you were saying at the top of the conversation, like, oh, I have nothing to feel bad about. And, and I don't think that that was your point about what you just said, but I always, I'm like, give yourself permission to be wherever you are on this journey. It's part of the layers of what we're talking about, where all of these things can be true in the same space. Mm -hmm. Like you are a hundred percent correct. We are having our experience that we're having. There's no apology to be made for the experience that we're having. I suppose what I would say is like a layer to that, not a, it's not binary. It's not either this or that. A layer to it is when we surround ourselves in this conversation with people having different experiences, it opens our eyes to a bigger picture and one that might make us feel more appreciative of who we are and where we are. Like that Mm -hmm. helped me with my own body image stuff that I spent a billion years working on. Yeah. I mean, uh, whatever works for you. <laughs> I, I definitely exactly. think whatever works. And speaking of whatever works for you, this was probably a few years ago. I was on Instagram and I, I follow Glennon Doyle and she had mentioned something about getting Botox in her forehead. And I was like, what? And it was sort of like, at, at, on one hand, I was surprised that she had done it. And on the other hand, I was like, oh my God, yay. Like the queen <laughs> has spoken that we can have permission to be both a feminist and empower women and then get poison shoved in our foreheads. So we're never wrinkles. <laughs> but I I still grapple with this because I oh my God, I'm gonna confess something. So when I was in my 30s, I so judged. Okay, so when we lived in Utah, there was this particular Pilates studio that I went to that I loved. And they would have Botox parties. And they kept inviting me. And I was like, I'm not going to your fucking Botox party. <laughs> Fuck all y'all and your Botox. And of course I was like 35. So I didn't need Botox then. Um, And And that is why judgment was okay. (laughs) All that to say is that I was really judgmental. And and I I had the assumption like you cannot be a feminist 
and have breast implants or get Botox or Juvederm or whatever that stuff is to put in your lips. And at the same time, I also remember thinking that a real sign of aging, and I was dreading this point, was when you put your lipstick on and then it starts to bleed just a little bit into the cracks into your lips on top. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. That happened. That's happening now. And it is like... It is mildly devastating, mostly because I had that thought. Like that to me was like a line, like no pun intended, but just, you know what I mean? Like like a guidepost, like, okay, once that happens. <laughs> oh. Welcome to the dark side. No, I totally get it. There's a, there's a podcast called The Guilty Feminist and they start every show with, I'm a feminist, but, and then they're like, you know, I didn't go to my night class and watch The Bachelor. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm a feminist, but, and and that is how I feel about this whole topic. I'm like, I'm a feminist, but if you could show me the magic trick, the right. magic lamp I could stand under and look 15 years younger, I would do it. Yeah, I think this is, um, first of all, everybody everybody's barometer is different. Like everybody's tolerance for what they're willing to do or they're, they're, they're like, I don't know, just what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do. That's obviously going to vary person to person, but I'll tell you something. A lot of things that looked like no's 10 years ago are, are solid maybes, like <laughs> solid maybes right now. <laughs> when I was a freshman in high school, I also said I would never give a blowjob. And <laughs> I mean, I might have a few times in my life. Um, anyway, (laughs) I am doing everything, but like, that's not fair that I can't be, I I can't be judgmental. It's like a vegan who claims they're doing it for health reasons, but like eats junk food (laughs) all the time. I'm a vegan, have an Oreo and a French fry. Yeah. Um, and I'm better than you. (laughs) Exactly. I'm that guy. I mean, I'm, I'm not really sitting around judging other people. I'm saying when I feel that judgment crop up, I'm like, Oh, Meanwhile, you're getting your face lasered off. I mean, mm-hmm. I did an entire show about how I got my face like almost completely. I listened to that episode off. because I was of interested in <laughs> doing it myself. You told me to listen to it. Exactly. Yeah, I liked it. You can, you guys could, yeah, we'll I, I like it. I'll show do notes. it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's it's a it was a good resource. But I I mean we can't have this we can't do this episode without of course like blaming everything on the patriarchy. And in case anybody didn't know, <laughs> it's all the patriarchy's fault. But in all seriousness, how can we not feel this way when we are bombarded from birth about what is valuable in our culture and what is not? And I think especially for women I I do think that there's this point where we become unfuckable. And I think for women, that's a hard thing to contend with because we literally lose our fertility. You know, science tells us that around the age of 35, it starts to drop. And I love science and I love the documentaries. There's one, I think TLC, I don't remember who made it, but it was called The Science of Sex, where it talks about what our brains actually do to try to procreate. Like we can't help it. It's just how we were created. So the human species will go on. So there's some things that I do believe are just biological, like the way that we are attracted to each other. It has to do with pheromones. It has to do if we're ovulating or not, like all these different things. So I do think that there's science to it. And there's this huge emotional emotional aspect of when we get to be, you know, 35 and beyond, things start to change and it's an emotional journey that happens. And that's really sort of the gist of this conversation. 
Yeah. I mean, if we're being really honest, it is the invisibility that comes in certain contexts. It's the invisibility that comes when you're a woman of a certain age. And again, that age is entirely relative and subjective, but, and, and that is entirely true in our culture and many, many, many others. Um, and that honestly, like it makes me mad and, but, but I'm totally, subject to it. Like I'm entirely a victim of it. I allow myself to be a victim of, I say things to my husband, like I don't want to be invisible. Mm -hmm. And, and you know what I have to say, he, he is like, stay fabulous. Like this isn't about your face. And then I'm like, you don't understand. It's totally he doesn't. About my I've face. tried to have the conversation with my husband too, and he looks at me like I'm crazy. And it's just, <laughs> this is the conversation we need to have amongst <laughs> each other. Yeah, it's 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 difficult, and I I love that you said that it, it's like this in being becoming invisible. And the way I do, I don't remember if I described this to you or to one of my other friends. And I said, and I this is what I told my husband too. This is the thing he didn't get. I said I feel like someone's taking an eraser and just slowly erasing me. And it's not, it's it's that like you don't get noticed as much anymore. And people don't treat you like they used to when you were young and fertile and and vibrant and full of youth. And it's, it is a real thing. And then then you're like, I know, I know I'm (laughs) dying laughing because like, I've got eight different voices happening right now in my head. And one of them's going, Oh, so now you want to be harassed? Like, right. I and really I'm like, can't yes, win. because I'm willing to admit it. No, but I, I'm not, uh, first of all, you look fabulous. Let's just get that on the table. And the thing that, the thing that's true here is all these contradictions are true at the same time. And like, we can still show up and we can still rock it, but I'm aware that there is a trend down and maybe mm-hmm. I'm the only one observing the trend right now, but in five years, is that going to be the case? No, I don't know. In 10 years, is that going to be the case? No. Um, I, I really, really think that we should, I think there's power in being honest about the struggle. And I also am, I, I hate it that any woman would feel for 10 seconds that she can't want to look her very best. Like I, feminism is not about telling other women to stop worrying about how they look. Right. True story. You, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I think there should be room for that. Um, every Everything we're talking about, though, I, just I have this thing that I call 86-year-old me, and she constantly comes up in these conversations because I'm like, what would 86-year-old me tell me? And 86-year-old me would be like, put your ass in a bikini and get out there and shut up for 20 more years. Yeah. Like, that's what 86-year-old me would say. I don't wear a bikini anymore because I don't know where to put my belly. Like, it just... Like, <laughs> I have, I have the sort of body (laughs) shape. I have a, I have a short torso and long limbs. And so like, you know, what is back in style that I can wear are the, like the high-waisted bottoms, whether it's jeans or high-waisted bottoms. However, because my torso is so short, when I wear the high-waisted bikini bottoms, like there's only like two inches between the bottoms and my boobs. And so it's like, wait, is that a belt? Oh no, that's your skin. That's kind of interesting. That's hot. So I'm like, forget it. I'll just wear one piece. It's fine. <laughs> that's just that's just hot. Um, here's what I really want. Okay, what I really want is I want someone to come into our world and be like, ladies, lovely, lovely ladies. Here are the five things you need to do to look amazing and not look like you're trying that hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want that Chris, expert? Christy Brinkley needs to call me and be like, I think we all know that I've done something, but you can't tell what I've done. Here are my secrets. Frankly, 
I, I used to say, this might be really mean, and I've never met her. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I loved her in, was it The Office or that she was in? Or no, Arrested Div- no um, Parks and Recreation. Okay. The small part she had in there. I'll okay. Just okay. briefly, I am kind of convinced that she sold her soul to the devil and in exchange for, for beauty in her 70s would have a really difficult love life, which <laughs> she kind of did. Are you telling me that woman is in her 70s? Isn't she? I want a little panel. I want Jennifer Lopez. We can have Kris Jenner. We can have Christy Brinkley. And then like Michelle no, she's Obama 65. Is, looks like she's 34. So I'd she like does. Michelle to come. And I want them all to just tell me what to do without trying too hard and not caring too much. Christy Brinkley is 65 years old as we record this podcast episode. And she looks like, I think she looks my age. Basically, in a nutshell. She yes. looks my age. Well, you you mentioned something that I think we should bring up before we have this conversation. And because, mildly because it's a sort of funny story. So you said, I'm a feminist, but I'm not thrilled about all the things. My like face cubes. disintegrating. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. One of the things too is, and I've, I've talked about this on the podcast about my graying hair. And I started going gray when I was 25. Quick story about that. So I told my mom the day that I found my hairdresser actually found my first gray hair. I didn't believe her. I made my hairdresser pull it out and show me and she's all, and it's kinky. Like she thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I did not. I was 25. And so I called my mom and I'm like, mom, Deanna found my first gray hair. And my mom said, oh yeah, honey, I think I was about your age when I started going gray. It's not that big of a deal, but when your pubes start going gray, now that's depressing. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, that happens? I hadn't even thought about that. So that hasn't started happening or else I just haven't paid enough close attention to my pubes lately. But I've talked about letting my hair go gray. And just last weekend I was at Target and I followed this woman around, like trying to like debating whether or not to stop her and talk to her. She had the exact same haircut as I did. And she was, she was salt and pepper. And it was so beautiful on her. And I'm like, if I can have that, then I'll take it. And I stopped her and told her that her hair was so beautiful. And we started chatting and I said, I'm about, what did she said? I don't remember where in the conversation. And I said, I'm starting to go gray. And, um, no, I said, I've been going gray for a while and, and covering it up and debating whether or not to let it go. And she, she goes, Oh, you're way too young to be gray. And I was like, that's that's actually not, not what I wanted you to say. (laughs) So the woman who's embracing her natural hair told you that you are way too young to, to go just gray. throw it all away. Yes. And I was yeah. like, You oh. ready for an unpopular opinion? She was probably I agree, like 16. I agree with her. I don't want you to do it either. Well, and none of my friends do. Well, I shouldn't say none, but my other friend Kate Anthony was like when I told her I was thinking about it and she's Kate's 45 or 46, Kate was like, No, no, no. Like she it was it was as if so if I was like defecting. <laughs> No, like, please don't, please don't like seed the union. Like, could you stay in the union a bit longer? Like we need you. Um, and, and this is a perfect example of the spectrum because coloring my hair, not that I ever would, I'm obviously (laughs) natural three shaded blonde. I think that's obvious. Um, it looks so natural that is not even on my spectrum. That's just like, do I breathe oxygen in and blow it back, blow out carbon what? Monoxide? <laughs> Dioxide. <laughs> Dioxide. Um, should we tell, okay. Speaking of hilarious stories, should we tell the story about what I did to our mutual friend with her hair? Do you remember that story? I feel like this ended up with a foot in a mouth. <laughs> Go. I won't say who it was, but <clears throat> you and I have a mutual friend and 
I was speaking with her and I, it, and maybe it was just really weird lighting and she is blonde. She's like an ashy blonde. It looked to me that she was in this particular light, like she was growing out her hair. So it looked like I don't know, a good three inches or so was gray. And I was like, yes, girl. Cause like, she's like, our age. I'm like, yeah, somebody in their forties. Let's talk about it. And I said, I love your hair. And I pointed to it and she goes, and she kind of like, you know, tousled it. She's like, oh, thanks. And I said, oh God, here it is. Here it is. I said that you're growing it out. (laughs) And I was like smiling huge huge smile like yay and she look and she pauses and she's like no i just haven't oh. i haven't gone to get a touch up lately and then and then did you say how far along are you <laughs> shut up cuz when i saw you not too long after that and i told you what i did to this mutual friend and you laughed and she said no you didn't you asked her if she was pregnant and she's not pregnant and i i didn't get the joke at first i'm like no i didn't ask her if she was pregnant and you're like no it's the equivalent <laughs> It's essentially the equivalent. Yeah. So that was a hilarious story until it actually happened to me. And my bonus daughter came home. She's um, an adult woman, so she should have the good sense to know better. And she was like, I love the gray streak. And I was like, "Um, come again? (laughs) In a really high falsetto, which she still did not pick up on. And so now the tables have been turned and I don't find your joke funny anymore. And I'll... (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to womanhood, everybody. I would love for somebody to give me some advice, which is not a sentence I say very often. Well, and I, I think that there's sort of this, I make up that there's like these certain decades where things are socially acceptable and for a woman to be in her forties and to grow out her gray hair, especially as much as I have about 30 ish percent, most of it being on the crown of my head, right in front and on top, that's like unacceptable. And even that's the sort of the message that I got from this woman that I saw at Target. And, and it's just, it, it's, I, my struggle, and I think this is what I've said over and over again throughout the last you know, 35 minutes that we've been talking is that it's, it's this back and forth. I feel like it's this ping ponging between feeling super empowered about it. And I follow women who are growing out their gray hair on Instagram. They even made a documentary about it, about this process. Like that's what a big deal it is that somebody makes a documentary about it. And at the same time, being in this place where I'm just, I I tell myself, like, I'm just not ready. I'm just mm, mm, mm." like, I'm, I'm walking towards it slowly. It's, you know, sometimes it's two steps forward, three steps back, but I do, the more I start thinking about this, the more I think there are certain things in certain decades that are acceptable and unacceptable to society. Well, I'll tell you something. I not only accept that I'm, I'm living it and I'm not going to stop because I am not, I have zero intention, zero intention of quote, throwing in the towel in any way and just being like, screw it. I'm more than this. I'm better than this. Like I fully intend to stay like as fit as I can, which is changing that parameters changing. Mm -hmm. That's not fun. But saying like really fit, still like get a bomb ass haircut when I'm mm-hmm. feeling down about myself and, and like have a lot of sex. Like I'm down yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going, I'm not fading into the night. Like I'm definitely like, I, I think that if we were being really honest, how you show up in the world affects your experience in the world. You feel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And I'm not going to show up as anything other than really vital. And now my package is going to change, but I unapologetically want my 
the way I show up to reflect how I feel. And, and for me, that isn't doing a bunch of crap to my face that I can't undo. Like, frankly, I'm just a chicken and I'm scared of it. Um, but it does mean other things. And so I I think people need to, I I don't know, people don't need to do anything, but I think it's worth asking yourself, why am I doing this? Like, am I truly doing this because like it will make me feel good? Or am I doing this because of somebody else's expectation or whatever, Andrea, there are a hundred reasons why you shouldn't do something. Um, well, I'm curious because you, you said something that made my ears perk up a little bit and you said the term throwing in the towel. So what is your definition of that? For me personally, okay, for me personally, it means stop taking care. Like, so Got stop, it. stop investing in some things that I invested. And by the way, it's not just about my aesthetics. It's actually about my, like the whole self-care package. Like I don't spend a bunch of money on clothes and shoes. I spend a lot of money on self-care. You spend a lot so of money that- on food. I've seen your fridge. My food, I was, I, I left off food. It's like whole foods and self-care are my shoe problem. Yeah. yeah. My, my purses suck and my facials are outstanding. No, I'm just kidding. I need to start getting facials. I think that's something that needs to be on my list. Um, no, but like just taking care of my body and investing in it. Like I'm trying to keep it around for a while. Now I'm not getting Brazilian butt lifts, but I'm going to go pay for an infrared sauna because what it is that. Good. I need to Google that. Like I, I got to tell you, I have a red light in my house. And no, then no, I no. The Brazilian to, butt lift. <laughs> oh, the Brazilian butt lift. Is the that infrared, like plastic surgery? Listen, the infrared sauna and the red light are anti-aging. So you guys can talk to me about that all day. Okay. Brazilian butt lift. I don't know what it is. Okay. I thought. <laughs> it I sounds know. great though, doesn't it? I wonder if it's like the, the, when they take fat from other parts of your body and put it in your butt or some kind of implants or something. That's, I don't, I don't know what it is. Okay. But. I want to take fat from my butt and put it in other parts of my body. Like, can they fill out my, my little, my, my super sweet life experience laugh lines yes. with uh, my butt? butt fat, that'd be they great. Can't. Okay. I'm, <clears throat> I need that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I haven't done anything yet either. I've had some laser to remove some, what did they call them? Sunspots. And I'm like, those are age spots. Like, just be honest. Come on, let's call it what it is. Brown stuff. It was yeah. on my left side and it was about the size of a pencil eraser and it just was getting a little bit bigger. And so I had that taken off and then, yeah, just some facials here and there, but I am not opposed to Botox and all of those, the lip, the, the thinning of the lips has been interesting too. And I'm like, wow, that scares me. And I know lots of people do it. I'm just scared of, I mean, I won't take an aspirin. So just bear in mind, I'm, I'm, I'm rather, yeah, I'll do it. And I'll tell you about it and talk you into it. Well, also though, like if it goes wrong, like that's your face. (laughs) (sighs) I'm scared of it. But anyway, yeah, you do it. (laughs) I, well, yeah, I used to bleach my mustache. Um, Because I don't know if it's because I have Hispanic roots and we tend to be darker. I don't know. But it was especially prominent when I was like going through puberty. Oh, my God. The pictures of me. I look like Prince. Like (laughs) like the little little mustache. So my mom bought me this cream and I'm sure it was just a chemical shitstorm. But – I would get, it would, it would not only like bleach the hair, but it would like bleach the skin all around it. So it was like, it looked like I then had like a white mustache. I think technology has improved. Like I'm not sure, but I think technology has improved. Yeah. This was back in the eighties. But now if it, I mean, it's because my hair is thinning, eyebrows and everything, it it doesn't, it's not a big deal anymore. But if it ever is, I just shave it. I'm like, oh Jesus, fuck it. (laughs) Use a razor. So much faster. We're just keeping it glam. Just Hashtag keeping, keeping it, it glam. glam. 
It's and what we do. anyway, I don't remember how I got on the topic of my mustache. Oh, I just was saying that my skin is sensitive. I feel like, and I, there, there's, I can't use certain creams. And I, so that's, I worry about that too. Like what if, and then I'm on one of those reality shows of like botched Juvederm. <laughs> and that, and that is the rest of your life. No, I, I know there's so many things I should be doing according to the patriarchy. <laughs> Yeah. According to marketing, to remain there's fuckable. so many things I'm not doing. Yeah. To, to stay juicy. Um, and <laughs> I, I just, I've just gone like almost the completely natural route. I don't mean, again, I'm not the girl preaching about how she doesn't do anything. And then secretly she's doing all the guys in the locker room. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying like, I I'm, I've had bad experiences every time I've tried to put like the super strong lotion on, then I can't stay out of the sun. So it's everything just ends up backfiring. So I'm just like smothering myself in oils and calling it a day. Um, and then trying to stay really like healthy from the inside out as much as I can. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to win this one. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's the thing. Like I like to have my way and I'm not winning this one. Like I can see the future and it doesn't look the way that I want it to. And so at some point I sure hope I find the fortitude to to be like, okay, so this is happening. What else am I here for? Like yeah. what else, what else am I here for? Because it's not going to be this. That's the goal. It is. And I think like my biggest, <laughs> the biggest takeaway from this is just that it's, it's been a messy journey sort of bouncing back and forth with a, I love the wisdom that comes with age hands down. I would not want to be back to where I was at 25 and, and making bad decisions and not doing just being a, kind of a, a little bit of a mess emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And the, the culturally, it is a massive uphill battle for women to remain relevant and valuable and important. And then again, <laughs> you know, another sort of like this triangle that I feel of wanting to be this empowered woman who just surrenders and accepts life. And that includes aging and looking different and the things changing. It's, it's, it's tricky and complicated, I think is how I feel about it. And also I'd like a five minute facelift. <laughs> oh my God. I can't tell you like how much research I've done on like, <laughs> facelifts and what Googling, like, what can I do? That's not a facelift. I'm a 43 year old woman. <laughs> Hey, Looking it's at before and after pictures. It, it's just all, it can just all be true in this big, messy thing we call life. Yeah. And I really, really, really appreciate being able to talk to you about it. Probably, probably no one else is going to want to talk to me after listening. Well, this. what's funny is I didn't want to say it earlier, but I will now because we're wrapping up is that I've had many, many conversations with you and I've had you on the podcast. I think, I think twi two other times to talk about, you know, things you are an expert on and you sound more nervous now <laughs> Never hurt you. Well, uh, this is this is going to sound cheesy. You're going to tell me that I'm being cheesy, but I really mean it. I really would love to learn from other people who are doing this well or doing this better. Like I would love to hear from women being like, "Yeah, I was where you were, but <laughs> here's the lotion I use." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, the plastic I'm not I found kidding. In Charlotte. <laughs> Oh, 
no, I just, I feel like this is a growth area for me yeah. in a huge way. And I don't want to talk about it like with my husband. So I don't want to keep telling him the bloom is coming off this rose. Like he's the one person that really, really doesn't see it. Why would I highlight that to him at every possible opportunity? So I'm trying to find discipline in this journey and not just like wail on myself and not say anything out loud. Like I need to, I need to put my big girl pants on and, and like do the work here so that I can, you know, hopefully lead by example a little bit instead of feeling like, Oh, I remember, you know, feeling like the best is behind me. I mean, what is that garbage? It peaked at 30 and now it's all just downhill. It's ridiculous. Even I I know I think, I mean, as far as like, if I look at sort of the whole spectrum of the journey, I do think that I'm at least well on my way, partly because A, I'm having these kinds of conversations with my friends and sometimes it's like half complaining and like, oh, isn't it hard? And half like, what are we doing to make this better, be better women. And I've also- Who are we going to, to get the laser? (laughs) Well, a little bit of that. But I think too, you know, it's like I brought this to my coach and was like, I really feel like this is something that is holding me back from doing this kind of work in my life. And for the people listening, maybe- their aging makes them, you know, not initiate sex with their partner or ask certain people out or speak up in meetings or take selfies and post them on social media. Like that's the type of stuff that I hope that people will think about. And, and if nothing else, I hope my takeaway, I hope people's takeaway is like, what do I need to work on in order to move forward with this and not let aging and the changing of my body and my appearance stop me from Mm -hmm being the most powerful woman I can be. Uh, here, here. And, and if it could have the happy virtue of also resulting in a name for the phenomenon, when you turn on your camera and it's facing you and you don't want it. We need a name for that. <laughs> and we need a name for that. Especially when, cause it seems to happen to me when I'm laying in bed and <sighs> Sydney climbs into bed with me and she loves the Snapchat filter. So we play with those. And so it's like immediate. And then the lighting is bad and I have my hair up in a messy bun. I've like taken my makeup off, but haven't washed my face yet. Like it's just, it's worst possible scenario. Bad angle. All right. Well, I promise to keep showing up if you will, but I really like having this conversation. I don't know if anyone else does, but I'd like to keep having it. Can't stop, won't stop. Me too. And I, I appreciate you coming on, not just to like have the conversation with me privately when we're on our walks, but for tens of thousands of people. Well, could you put up um, a really airbrushed photo of us to accompany this episode? I have one that we used a Snapchat filter on (laughs) the day, and it was before we did that triathlon last summer. So I'll post that one. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) Everyone thinks that these Instagram filters and Snapchat filters were designed to appeal to millennials. And I say, oh, no, no, they weren't. They were there so that 40-year-old women could try to look cute. 40-plus-year-old women could try to look cute. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Any last words? Any last words of wisdom? Have I had any word? Why would I start now? I know. (laughs) Um, No, I want to say this because I can't help it. And you know, I'm like this anyway. (laughs) Well, before you even say that, I'm I'm speaking to everybody listening. I had to tell Ella because she sent me like this spreadsheet with all these points that she wanted to make. And I was like, wait a minute. First of all, thank you for doing my job because she did it before (laughs) I did. And no, you are not showing up here as the expert. And so I had to like strong arm you. (laughs) Right. I had to fight back my, all my natural urges, but I I can't, I can't help it. 
I have to just share, just remember 86 year old you, like just remember 86 year old you, like what would she say to you? Like that honestly helps me so much in so many ways that I just want everybody to introduce themselves to 86 year old you. That's all. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for being here. I know how valuable their time is and that they choose it with us means the world to me. So thank you everyone. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye. 